Triple M around the nation with, yes, our, our slowly recovering host, Tony Martin. Big Pavley, he's coming down with something. Pushing the buttons, not at all well. It's Richard Marblin working for the community meeting like at tonight's show, folks. Right. Please yep. welcome Ed Pavley and the Triple M Orchestra. You're big noting yourself, Rich. What's going on? I'm almost better than everyone else, including our producer, Nikki. Coming down with something. Is it our office? Is it the air conditioning in our office, do you think? You, can, you describe the conditions as uh, Singapore Airport. Now, I'm going to change that. That's where we work. To be the food court at Singapore Airport. <laughs> a little bit hotter, a little bit more nasty goring. <laughs> All right. Unbelievable. We're going to forge on. It's not going to stop us. It's so hot in there. It's like, it's like working one of those things they make jockeys sit in to lose weight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then they'll go sitting away over here. Someone comes in and bashes at the roof. With a wrench for 20 minutes, yeah. and then all of a sudden we're all wearing five coats and a scarf each. <laughs> I don't know what is going on down there. Anyway, yeah. all right, like a petri dish. Blue green algae is growing on my keyboard. <laughs> I think in that computer, the conditions are so muggy. <laughs> we won't be stopped though. I'm still staying up late, uh, taping episodes of Police 107. Good on you, Tone. People have been complaining we haven't had enough drunks from across the Tasman on the show. Up in the street. Yeah, are they? The enthusiasts. Well. You know, you learn a lot of stuff watching that show. Yep. This is on the Crime Investigation Network on Foxtel. And uh, I've learned, you know, when the cops pull you over mm -hmm. for something, when you've been fleeing from them, mm -hmm. work out your story in advance. Okay, good. Listen to what this bloke says. Down a side street, Kylie and Solomon catch up with the driver of the fleeing car. I've got to be in the all day. I can keep in mind, it's the middle of the night. Yeah. <laughs> He's been there either all day or 30 minutes. No, no, excuse me, excuse me. Now, when you say fleeing, yeah, keep in mind, we've just seen him pull over and start ah, on the curb. There, there's a bit of information that's not helping him. <laughs> Did he try and look relaxed when they got there? Did he try and, like, get his feet up and have a newspaper over his head pretending he was asleep? And he's got a tracksuit on. He's got a tracksuit on and he's calling for his lawyer. He's on the front foot immediately. When you pulled up, I was parked. Excuse me, when we first saw you, okay, this is my lawyer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Call him now. Yeah, we might be calling him, yeah. Call him now. No, no, just call, call my lawyer now. No, call my lawyer. Yeah, I know you're the police. Sorry. Call my lawyer now. Can I just speak? No, you can't. Okay. You right. can't. Unless you're arresting me. We saw you just pull out of Frylander's Road. No, you didn't. Okay. No, you didn't. I've been parked there for at least 30 seconds. Oh, yes. Well, we've been trying to... At least 30 seconds. Well, we've been trying to... Listen to me. Listen to me. We've been trying to catch up to you for about the last minute. <laughs> it's just angled across the nature strip. Hang on, it was all day. Mm -hmm. That was 30 minutes now. He said, least 30 seconds. <laughs> 40, probably 40, probably 45. Call my lawyer. He's asleep in a ditch over there. Just call out and wake up. The action continues. I now require you to undergo a breast screening test without delay, all right? Yes. Because okay, I've got a good reason. But I haven't been driving, officer. Right. But I, I mean, haven't been yeah. driving. Listen to me. I need you to steal your lips around here. I've been sitting there for the there. last. Okay. I don't know how many hours you just said, drinking alcohol. You just said 30 seconds before, okay? Okay, just go over there, okay? It's up, all right? No. <laughs> drinking alcohol. That's going to help. I need an excuse. Lawyer up. I need an excuse. I need an excuse. I've been uh, uh, doing ice. No, no, no. Still in heroin. No, no. 
shooting people. No, no, drinking, drinking. That's the uh, drinking. So he refuses a breath test and then it turns ugly. Because you're refusing me, I now require you to accompany me to the Manure Police Station or any such place for the purpose of the evidence of breath test, blood test, or both. Do you understand? Yes. You do well, understand? Yeah. It's the best person. We will win. The cop just touches him on the sleeve. I can't! I can't! He touched the officer. Sorry. 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 Why not? How come at the end there? I've worked it out from watching hours and hours of Police 10 7. There's four stages you go through when you get picked up by the cops in New Zealand. First up, well, what are you saying? I wasn't there. I wasn't there. Denial. Nothing to do with me. Then there's claiming that someone else who's nowhere to be seen is involved. He was just here a minute ago, obviously. You should have seen him. He's a wreck. Then there's threatening them with legal action. I want your badge name. You are going to be sued. And then there's finally the racism card. You're a racist. Ah, yes. Good old racist card. Remember those four rules. You pulled over. I love the classic interrogation technique of polite cop and very polite cop. <laughs> Oh, God. All right, that's enough drunken Kiwis for one show. Uh, let's get back to business as per usual. Thank you. Next, don't get this. Goodness, Rob Thomas is telling us how he feels. That's his tribute to the 80s show Small Wonder, mm. which one of our listeners uh, drew our attention to yesterday here on Get This on Triple M. We're later. Talkback Mountain's coming up. And today, you could win a trip to the country of... Bolivia, is it? <laughs> Bolivia. Not Bolivia. One of that clip. Yeah, it was. That's one for the false book. Oh, yeah. oh, watch this, Richard Marvin. Pays out on the technical department live on the show. How many uh, fillables did we lose? No, listen, it was fantastic because last week we had the same problem. They fixed it by putting a sticker on it saying spare. Sorted. <laughs> Only used in case of emergency. Brilliant. Uh, this, this is the original uh, panel. In fact, I think you've got uh, something in the computer that describes this panel that we use on the show. The wheel well full of water, it leaks like a sieve, yeah. and some panels are not even metal. I'm having trouble finding metal. So what's under there if it's not metal? Well, the majority of this is metal. It gets filled. Air conditioning hoses, piping loose, wiring exposed, and other loose hoses make us a major fire hazard. These are the conditions we work in. <laughs> Loose hoses. You ever try to work with loose hoses everywhere? It's a bit of an insult to the guy riding the penny farthing that's powering it, though. <laughs> Sorry, sir. <laughs> I mean, it's wax massage. That's enough about Lee Simon. Uh, you know, a lot of news stories we haven't got to. No, Tom, we've been very black on the uh, on the news of the world last few days, yeah, talking obscure television and the like. What have you, what have you found there, Mr. Martin? Oh, it's going on in the story about obscure television, I'm afraid. Oh, dear. Big news. Uh, Chip Star never passed his bike test. TV biker cop Eric Estrada has revealed he never passed his motorcycle test. Uh, he played Highway Patrol Officer Ponch in the 70s hit series Chips, and he never once had a motorcycle license for real. How's that? Starfy uh, couldn't parallel park to save himself, apparently, even watching the reflection in the shop window. Uh, the captain of the love boat knew nothing about driving a boat or love, it turns out. <laughs> Quincy wouldn't recognise a dead body if it fell out of a cupboard. That's unbelievable. Then he probably faint. Like those blokes <laughs> in the titles. Remember them. And, uh, oh, although, I should say, 
Henry the Fonz Winkler admits he has spent a lot of time hanging around in men's toilets talking to himself. Absolutely right. <laughs> so that was accurate. You're going to try and tell me now that Adam West, TV's Batman, didn't like hanging out with uh, youthful younger lads? No, his youthful ward, Dick What's a ward? I don't know. Did I get a ward in? I'm sure you could get a ward. Just apply. What about, uh, are they still running that in the morning? That's yeah, brilliant. This is great, because I grew up with Batman, Adam West. Was it funny, though, when you were growing up? It was exciting when you were eight. It was hilarious when you were 15. <laughs> I mean, the show that just kept on giving. Yeah. And you're just seeing it for the first time? Yeah, I get up early every morning just so I can watch it. And this morning, she's that Riddler tone. Riddler's a, he's a bad egg. Mm, sure, yeah. uh, This morning, he was trying to get some artifacts, which we never actually saw, mm. uh, by having some sort of wax thing, and then he had Batman over a tub of wax. Yeah. But then Batman somehow got his belt buckle to explode a barrel. <laughs> but the explosion, for some reason, the explosion, all it managed to do was to throw them clear of the barrel. But then they were perfectly fine. Not a scratch on them. <laughs> Not a scratch on them. No way. And Commissioner Gordon still can't wrap his head around just how what good guys they are. I know. Every time they solve a crime, it's straight down the barrel. Such fine men. Men have such fineness that just... There's other business, Commissioner. Shut up, I'm not finished. Oh, they're fine, good, gentle men. Quality is rare in that new Very rare. So we interviewed uh, Adam West and the war, and we said, those things in the Commissioner's office, surely you were pissing yourself. The elaborate walking in front of each other choreography. And he said that uh, Adam West, Burt Ward, and Chief O'Hara. Is he really Irish, Chief O'Hara? <laughs> I'm not sure. He was crusty. Because his accents are pretty tough and demoning. He's very tough and demoning, But he, uh, the three of them were just pissing themselves, constantly pissing themselves. Commissioner Gordon thought it was Shakespeare. <laughs> and he's the best. He's the best. Commissioner Gordon is a genius. Whoever yeah. that bloke was. Look, it's on your Foxtel Classics, 8 o'clock in the morning. But that's on Classics Plus 2. So yeah, I yeah. think on the original Classics it is at 6. Well, and get up, people. Uh, get up in the morning. Okay. Okay. Well, at least we got on to recent news. Oh, yeah. What, what was that story you were going to do? Oh, yeah. What have you been flagging for the last two weeks? I've been waving the flag for this. Yeah. Uh, 1,200 pound Mexican. Glad to be the world's fattest man. Yeah, yeah that's right. The man mountain. 560 kilograms listed as the world's fattest man officially in the Guinness Book of Records. I'm glad to be in the book as the world's fattest man. Uh, Mr. Morbidly Obese, five years running. Isn't that beautiful? I have to get a sash around him. Uh, with the 41-year-old. He was quoted saying, I didn't think I was going to make it. I was, I was a slender 340 kilograms for a while, and I heard there was a gentleman in Bulgaria that was really packing it on. Then I started injecting moose, and it got me to where I am today. <laughs> moose injection, please. Yeah. Okay. There's a lot of this. I was cutting up a podcast where you were talking about how they clean that bloke. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Dream Bat Dow was just like throwing up as we're editing the footage. Going, Do we really want to preserve this on the internet forever? I've got a new theory. Yep. They dress a child in Terry Talon, right? Yep. From head to toe, a small child or a primordial dwarf. <laughs> then they soak him in cleaning fluid and he kind of he swims through the layers. Of the, of the big man. <laughs> he kind of shimmies through like he's trying to escape from a POW camp like the great escape star. Okay, now I really am feeling ill. <laughs> I apologise to anyone, but I'm just about to tuck into the morning tea. 
Have we got some John Howard exclusive? Mm, that'll be next on Get This. And Get This around the nation on Triple M. Where would we be without our sponsors, the Nissan Navara, the 4x4 with the huge pulling power? I think you know about the rugged good looks. What about that mystery snorkel? Oh, we sorted that out. Yeah, we did. There's a reason for that. Yes, they know more. They drive around the fat guy. Um, he, he, while he's in the bar, that's why you need a snorkel. Yeah, right. That's right. You can drag the fat guy as far as you like. Mm. Yeah, we should point out it's not like a fat guy. We're not just making fun of a fat guy. A fat fat guy. This is like a mountain with a tiny head on the top. Yeah, a man who's eaten so much that he's created the third leg for himself, but not in the traditional sense. Yeah. Well, where does the leg end and the testicle begin? But that's favourite. Okay, let's clean up this show with a message from Bronwyn Robson, one of our listeners. She's a nurse. See, Rob, she has discovered the clandestine pleasure of hiding headphones under her hair at work. At the hospital and listening to the show, you wouldn't believe the foul things I do with you guys in the background. Isn't that a lovely message? <laughs> well, send us in a description. No, I think we've got to clean this show up. No, please, B Rob, if you're listening uh, while you're doing stuff, can you send us in a description of the stuff that you do while you're listening to our show? I'd love to hear that. That'll be a segment tomorrow. Here's some news that'll interest you. A Polish priest has started a row here after opening a nationwide chain of cafe bars and promising to employ only sexy waitress legends. I mean, terrible, but... Father Heinrich Janowski, a priest who played a prominent role in the Solidarity Movement, said, ugly women need not bother to, pl- to apply to become waitresses at my cafes. In the Bible. He dismissed critics by saying it was all for charity. So true. Get away with anything if it's charity. Anything? Well, maybe not anything, yeah. Maybe not uh, reading out that letter. <laughs> I think we should move on from Mr. Morbidly Opie to 2007. Why don't local priests become that interesting? Why can't we have Archbishop George Pell's top heavy tabernacle? Oh, that's a good idea. The chain. That'll get the kids back in. Of Buddhist style restaurants. Yeah. Get people back into the church. <laughs> Working in Poland. <laughs> Hell. What other news have we got? Um, have we haven't had anything on John Howard. He's tripped over, I think. Yeah, you know, yeah. How is that news, really? People trip over every day. Yeah. He picked himself, no, no. yeah. himself up very well. Oh, he bounces. He's sprightly. Moved right on. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Kept on a little I would have loved a forward roll. I tripped straight into a forward roll and then into a high kick. And I'm like, yeah. Why couldn't he have done when I was doing make it look intentional? I meant to trip there. And then look up. The trick is to look up and start laughing before other people start pointing <laughs> and laughing. Who did me? Who did me? <laughs> so aren't you playing through that book about Johnny Howard at the moment? Well, I just finished Hill Channel 9. Mm. And uh, we discovered that it was Stefan Ovik in the Today Show with a candlestick. Oh, really? That's the result of that. Boom, boom. That's the way to the last page. <laughs> sure. Boom, boom. And I'm back to the The new book is uh, John Winston Howard. It's this new book. Yeah. Um, and there's some, they're just gleaning lots of facts as people, as a journalist, plough through some of the information. Mm-hmm. Here's a few things we didn't know about John Howard. Really? Uh, he keeps his cricket bats in a corner of his study at Kirribilli House. Does he? Including the bat his mother gave him on his 21st birthday. Wow. These are all true. Yeah. Won 100 bars of soap as a prize in a 1955 radio quiz show. <laughs> <laughs> How about that? I've heard that tape. A very early version of Talkback Mountain, a very early version of Battle of the Sexes. Well, I said, what's the weirdest place you've had sex? <laughs> the upper house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he learned to lip read because he had poor hearing. 
Eric get this on Triple M around the nation. Uh, just going to leave a gap so that Adelaide can cut this next line out. Santo Chilaro joining us in the next hour. Mm. There you go, they can get in there. Santo Chilaro in the next hour. I should have said that bit. Bad luck. I'll have to cut that out now. And that. Shane's not going to be happy. Bad luck, Shane. But thank God you're here is on tonight. Seven Troiti. Will that join up? I shouldn't have said that now. Oh, well, okay, I'll say that again. Thank God your hair's on tonight. What you don't say? And apparently, uh, I'm in there. Who else with you? Tim. Oh, I can't remember. Sean McCarla. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eddie East, mm-hmm. American comedian, very funny man. Julian Morris is in there. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember anything that happened. No, and you never did. It could be a disaster. I'm sure it wasn't a disaster. You've seen it? Never. I haven't seen anything. I haven't seen anything. A nightmare, that show. I think there should be some funny bits. Possibly not for the right reason. Not for intentional reasons. always feels great, Oh, we'll find out. We're always great. Okay, that's tonight, 7.30 on your Channel 10. But, uh, hey, we've had a request. We often get requests here for new Talkback Mountain themes. This is from Hugh Machube. I mean, is he at least pretend that you're putting in a real name? (laughs) Should be playing Sheffield Shield, but that kind of... Machube. That's right. He's from uh, Portsgrave, Victoria. He wants us to whip something up to the tune of... uh, Heart. All I want to do. Ah. The power ballad is necessarily right for Talkback Mountain. Absolutely. We're soaring the heights. The emotion which we're plunging the emotional depths. We're up there now. Because all I knew you apart, I didn't know their 70s earlier gear when I was a kid, like mm. Barracuda and uh, Magic Man and stuff. Yeah. But all I knew was their stuff like oh. that. All I wanted to do was make love to you. I always got that confused with Starship, nothing's going to stop us now. <laughs> that sounds very strong. They do sound like songs. No. Yeah. Oh, yep. Fair enough. The theme from Mannequin. Mannequin, yeah. What was the theme from Mannequin on the move, the sequel? Uh, oh, jeez. Mm. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. That'll be a stumper. Yeah, I don't know. Either. It wasn't a theme. Well, I just thought yeah. no one's going to come to this. Why bother? <laughs> <laughs> Loggins is involved somewhere, you know it. He'd be there. Uh, today, we're talking overbearing parents. Now, we've certainly, uh, well, at least two of us in this room uh, have those. Uh, we have had in the past, yes. And their parents. Yeah, we also could have done absent parents. That would have been uh, parents. parents. <laughs> we could have filled every category. Why are we doing this today? Two reasons. Uh, well, firstly, someone uh, came over to our dude ranch last night mm-hmm. and he told us a story about how his mother had gone into his room. Looked through every book that he had. Now, he was a bit of a bookworm, and he was at university, so he had shelves and shelves of books, Rich. Mm. Gone through every single page of every single book, found his pornography, and, and laid them out on his bed in a fan. Oh. He never said a word about it. Oh, the full forensic search. Yeah. Found <laughs> dash. Yep, and left everything as if it hadn't been touched. Yeah. As, if, as if the pornography had wriggled free and assembled itself on the bed in a fan of shame. Mind you, the fan of shame. Why do you fan pornography? That's pretty funny. That's yeah, great. That's a good look. So loving. Wow. Mm. How old is this guy? He's 24. 23. <laughs> His mum's still running the search. Yeah. Okay. When I was a youngster, uh, I, was a, I, was, I liked to go and grab things, so yeah. put them in my mouth and such. Uh, cool. Lollies and batteries, etc. Yeah, well, I had to wear the harness. Oh, oh not the harness. Not the bungee rope. Yeah, and my mum got so deaf with the harness that she could, ha- she, I, I'd be walking towards, you know, a Milky Bar crackle or a, or a Mars bar, and I'd be like, I, I reckon I've made it, I've made it. And I would put my hand out, and like there was a force field, one centimetre around the Mars bar, she got so good, she could just hold me, just out, just to my fingernail, could touch the, 
the, you know, the new guy goodness. You know, oh. get a grab on it. Actually, Nikki Hamilton's buying one of those for this show. Yeah. <laughs> That's what <laughs> we need. Keep me away from her snacks. Now, yeah. what is the harness attached to? What's the outfit of the harness? Are you talking uh, uh, right and over the top of a sailor suit? I had to wear a, a sailor suit, <laughs> a brace. Well, yeah, see, we didn't have the sailor suit, but I'm sure I was sent to school dressed as Little Lord Fauntleroy <laughs> at one point. That's just a one-way trip to the toilet. That one. The, other, the only other example I'll bring up here because I just thought of it. I lived in a share house in Sydney where one of my flatmate's fathers was convinced that everywhere we lived was uh, an absolute, you know, pedestrian crossing for junkies to walk in, grab our stuff and walk out, and yeah. we'd never notice because we didn't understand about safety. Mm. So we'd all be sitting in the house, and he would come around to test the security and try and break in while we were there. <laughs> Try and climb through a kitchen window or a bathroom window with a bell shot or shimmy up a drain pipe. Wow. Okay. That's overbearing, I guess. Yeah. How'd you go with the. See, it, the biggest trouble I had was comets. My mum was just constantly throwing the comets out. Sorry. One day she burnt a whole chest of drawers full of comets. Why? 2000 AD, issue one. Oh, it's about a million dollars now. Why? Why did she do that? I, I, I didn't, it was never explained, but apparently I would thank her later. <laughs> I'm 43! I'm still not grateful! <laughs> what were you talking about? Give it time. I will retaliate one day. I will burn all those Barbara Cartlands, Mum. I'll drag down every last one. That will teach her. My mum has every Mills and Boone ever written. Like laminated. It's pretty much the same story over and over again. I think his biceps gets girl when he, with a horse. <laughs> That's what she's into. Mm, whatever. That's what she's into. Uh, Richard, how overbearing? Well, the thing is with overbearing parents, especially my mum, she has no idea what she's doing. She has no idea that she's being overbearing. Um, at my 21st birthday party, what my mum thought would be a good idea is to go through some of my old school books and just dish them out as reading material during the party. Mm-hmm. Like old school books from high school, but oh. included amongst that, was a journal with some very, very personal writings. Oh, oh I've got that here. <laughs> it's got to wind up on the net. So my English book, my maths book, just, you know, stuff to look at. It wasn't any cute. Mm. And then also, you know, stories of nocturnal emissions and what have you. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, just the nocturnal emissions diary. <laughs> just very personal gear from high school. Yeah. Um, also, uh, my mum had a history of, uh, whenever I had friends over, had a history of coming uh, out yeah. On the, with, yeah, just wearing a bra. Wow. Uh, with, with the unzipped back um, and just asking asking them to zip her up. Just as a bit of a gag. Just to freak them out a little bit. You do realise it's the second hour of the show that's cut out in Adelaide, really. Mum knows about all this. Yeah, yeah. Right. It's fine. She's quite used to being uh, <laughs> all right. exposed on this well, program. I feel dirty, so it must be time for callers. <laughs> yes, listeners, get it out of your system. How overbearing do your parents get? One triple three five three. No, no doubt here get this on Triple M. We're today we're simply asking, have you got some overbearing parents? Who has it, Cavalier? Hello, Leon. How you guys going? Yeah, very good. What used to happen? Uh, my mum, we used to have a cleaner come once a fortnight, and the night before the cleaner would come, she'd have this mad rush of cleaning the house and making us clean the house as well before the cleaner came. Oh, oh. Goodness, we've got to clean the house up for the cleaner. But who's she trying to impress? <laughs> the cleaner. <laughs> exactly. What, like, what's the cleaner going to think? Exactly. I know, she probably has the worst thoughts of this, but... <laughs> the house was never cleaner than when the cleaner was coming round. <laughs> it was, it was the Wednesday night, like all of us, just my dad, my sister and I would just sort of try and plan something else to go out so she could clean by herself. Touche. Doily's under everything. Thank you, Leon. Get your carpet slippers on. You don't want to mess this joint up. Clean is coming. Hi, Chris. How are you? Good thing, Ted. Tony. Rich, how are you? There you go. Where are you calling us from? I'm calling from Bathurst. Oh, what's going on there? Nothing much. It's rather cold at the moment. Uh, well, that'll serve you right. 
Oh, really? <laughs> right. We know nothing about Bathurst. Is there car racing there? Is That's right. The, yes, the Bathurst 1000. Oh, okay. University as well, is that right, Chris? Yes, just at university. There we are. I'm sure there's a... Uh, Milk bar there, Chris, is it? Um, not that I know of. Okay, okay. <laughs> must have closed down. So, Chris, uh, what happened to you? Um, when I was younger, Mum actually banned me from watching um, Murder, She Wrote. Whoa! Uh, it was too graphic, too violent. <laughs> too violent? Yes. Didn't all the murders take place off screen? <laughs> yes, it did, yes. <laughs> but, you know, the, the thing behind it is it leads to the harder stuff like Birds of a feather. Are uh, you being served? Short bus. No. <laughs> Matlock. Short jump. It's a very short jump. Well, Chris, she saved you. So did you watch it uh, in a clandestine manner? Did you go to friends' houses? Well, no, it's usually, you know, locking yourself in the bedroom, mum banging on the door. What are you doing in there? And I'm just watching Murder, She Wrote. I'm masturbating, mum. I swear I am. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Jessica Fletcher. Don't worry. <laughs> But of course, all of the murders, no matter how hideous, were quickly accompanied by. Murders are like fun! Alright, pretty extreme. Who's banning something next? Hello, Lane. Hello, how are you? Thanks. And what happened to you? Okay, you've got a picture. I was in high school in the mid 70s. So you've got to get yourself into the groove of that time. Had the really classic, gorgeous guy over for the first time. Major drama. Very updated house. Mum was an absolute anti-privacy Nazi. We had the intercom throughout the house. She used to go to the kitchen, put the intercom system on so she could listen into the bedroom conversation. Is that right? You're being monitored? It gets worse. So she would also come around every sort of 10 minutes and knock on the door and ask if we would like to get this a cup of tea. Who yeah. drank tea at, as a teenager? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what I used to do was put um, my stereo speaker one on top of the other because they were almost as big as most computers of that yeah, day, yeah. like a house, yeah. right? And just blast the stereo into the intercom. Oh, just hit her in the oh. Yes, no, worse, better than that. I used to play uh, Elton John's track, The Bitches Back. No, that's right. <laughs> no. She, was uh, she was unreal. So this is the Watergate era, really, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Did she have tape? Was she playing tape? Say, go to tape 74. <laughs> no, she wasn't, she wasn't that technologically advanced. No, we'd only just got our first colour TV, you see, in 1975. Wow. <laughs> what a day. <laughs> oh, she was unreal. Well, thank you, Lane. And, uh, and Lainey, do you have kids of your own? Yes, I do. And what's your behaviour like? Uh, not too bad, actually. He's only, my son's only nine. Oh, right. You can't uh, a couple of years before you start bugging him. Oh, no, I wouldn't do that. No, he's got to learn the hard way like I did. Good on you, mate. Yeah. yeah. You can come in, Mum. Are you wearing a wire? <laughs> Um, oh, 
I'll, I'll probably incriminate myself in NASCAR sports. Oh, I thought you were going to say that jelly wrestling on the VH1. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. I'm just amazing. My mum wouldn't, uh, I think we gave her a video recorder and... Uh, she it. She, I think it was it was uh, doing raisin toast for the first year and a half. <laughs> Didn't even know how to switch it off. <laughs> As was I. Don't you worry about that. I can't endorse that sort of behaviour. If somebody right. did that at my place, there wouldn't be a show every day. Absolutely We're right. Those drunken New Zealanders. Then where would we be? Uh, who's this? Hi, James. Hello. Yes. What used to happen? Um, oh, when I was a kid, I actually, um, my, my very first album that I went, went out to buy from the record shop mm-hmm. was um, The Angels, called uh, oh, the band The Angels, mm-hmm. and it was the um, album The Howling. Now, the cover had a like a, a werewolf sort of type picture on the cover, mm-hmm. and my, my, my parents were devout Christians, and my dad saw that cover, and he said, you can't have it, you've got to take it back because it's demonic. And oh. it's pretty far-fetched, sort of, even back then, and... Um, as a cruel insult, he ended up turning around, because the record shop wouldn't uh, give you money back. Yeah. They would only do exchanges. So, as a bit of a cruel joke, my dad ended up getting um, John Farnham's Whispering Jack for death. So, I ended up passing that record on as a birthday present to one of my friends that I didn't really like too much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what you do is just a whole lot of blank, empty Whispering Jack covers for yeah. all of your Metallica <laughs> albums. That's the way to go. That, that would have been a better way to go, wouldn't it? And album covers can be dangerous. That's sticky fingers. That'd be by, uh, you know, if you've caught with the fly down. Cover of Stinky Vegas. A lot of trouble. <laughs> Big trouble. Great call. Do we have time for any more, Andy? We should get to Santa. All right. Santa Chalera is waiting. Sorry to know Please take down their details this earlier. We'll call them back. As of tomorrow, we're having prizes again. Prize King is back in yeah. the building oh, tomorrow. Yeah, back on the front. Next up, Santa Garo. It's been quite a trip.
not so great live shows yeah. that you may have seen. Yeah. 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 You know what we're going to be doing in this hour? Yeah. We're going to be putting in, putting in soft efforts. Not sitting on your butt knocking others while rolling a fat cigarette and waiting for the next handout. And in the words of Theodore Roosevelt, <laughs> the famous American president, yibbity yibbity, here we go. For that matter, here again, this is the second hour on Triple M, and he's here. Thank God you're here. It's going out tonight, seven thirty on Channel Ten. Please welcome Santo Chilaro. Uh, 
Well, do you remember this case called the Rejuvenator? Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, there was a box and people went in young and came out old on the other side. And he played the old He played the old version. So what happened is I walked into the Rejuvenator and a, a kid came out the other end. And, and, and Judith Lucy said, oh, my God, we've gone too far. Get the kid back through and get him older again. And then my grandfather walks out the other side. And this is going to be a lie. It's not pre-recorded. No, it's crazy. So what's happening is... For, for about three seconds, my grandfather and I were in the rejuvenator together. As I walked in, the kid goes out. I'm in with my grandfather. He's waiting to go back out. As we're in there, my grandfather goes, Why haven't you brought me a VCR? I look hard. I don't know. He goes, Yeah, Mr. Big Shot. Mr. Lots of Money. Can't afford to buy me a VCR. <laughs> and I've, I've, I've put our hands over the top of our lapel mic so no one can hear this argument live. He goes, Yeah, Mr. Smarty. And then the kid comes back and I pushed him out. <laughs> I bet you got the kid of it, yeah. <laughs> wow, overbearing grandparents. My mum, you know, my mum still works with my dad in the tiny office. In fact, we shot the all the Dennis Denudo stuff in the castle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So my dad's office. Yeah, right. It was based on my dad. My dad still has no idea that it's based on him. Uh-huh. He keeps on saying, "You know what happened to the guy in that film? It also happened to me." <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so my mum works there, and she has created a shrine for me. Really? You know, there's pictures of me everywhere. And she keeps telling clients at Walking Gut, that's my son right there. <laughs> and um, the other day, I get a call. My mum was at home because the alarm man, man was supposed to fix up her alarm. Yeah. She calls me up she says, oh, the alarm guy needs to, if there's a very important question that I can't answer to him, can you, can you take the call? And I said, yeah, sure, what's the problem? The guy goes, when's all Aussie Adventures coming back? What <laughs> 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 to know. She comes in She's terrible. Oh, look. She's terrible. Hey, you know, great to hear you back here on Triple yeah. M. Like I say, you were the Hoon advisor. Triple mm-hmm. M is football these days. Yes. People think that's a new thing. You know, just five or six years now. Yeah. What about the work of Graham and the Colonel? Yeah. They did so much work for footy way back in the 1980s. We're going to uh, recall some of that next. Here again, this. Thank you very much, Jim. This is Triple M around the nation. Yeah, this is the program. Santo Chalaro is sitting in, and we've Sorry to go so nostalgic today, but we were just talking about the upcoming uh, Barge Arts Olden Days DVD. Yeah, which I've just seen. It's, it's really funny. The Olden Days cracks me up. Most of it still makes sense. So people talk about Barge Arts all the time, but, you know, oh, I know bar, nothing wrong with Barge Arts. It's good, but Olden Days is just hysterical. Well, this is a lot more uh, of it. Far from anything. <laughs> and uh, you've got the DVD, but you're telling me you haven't found any of the Easter eggs. I'm so ashamed. I, I thought I thought Easter eggs are th- those things that you find in the special bits. You know, well, no, they're the special features. Yeah. They're easily found. Easter eggs are hidden. This is when you go around the menu and you, you shouldn't be allowed to click up. Mm-hmm. But if you do click up, oh, logo appears. Click on that. What do you see? You as the Leyland Brothers. Yeah. Or uh, wow. there's a great uh, Easter egg of... Um, you and Mick Malloy hosting the commercial Crime Stoppers segment, right. showing uh, one of the Ken Bruce has gone mad commercial. Yeah, one of those classic commercials, yeah. And there was one which was actually taken off here by the Broadcasting Tribunal because <laughs> when you slowed down the final shot, two dogs rooting. <laughs> out the front of the shop. Great footage, all hidden. All part of the oh, I reckon, I reckon, I, I know the guy that made those ads, and I reckon he put those dogs <laughs> in there on purpose. I reckon there's a special casting going on there, what they were like. Well, you know, surely when you're editing it, somebody would have noticed in well, the foreground. Were those dogs actually copulating on the move? Oh, yeah. On the move. I think they're on the move. It's yeah. graphic footage. That DVD comes out, I think, uh, mid-August. 
Thank God you're here. Goes out tonight. And who's on? Oh, let me think. Any guy with the glasses again. Tony's on tonight. It's great performance, and we really threw a tough one at him. Sports. We went. We went. Let's just let's just throw him into something that he has no idea about. So. Have a look at that tonight. Um, Julia Morris comes back to Australia uh, after eight years being overseas. Yes. So, uh, so she was from Full Frontal, or was yep. it? Uh, yeah, Full yeah, Frontal. 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 Yeah. Yes. So, and uh, I don't, do you know the comic Eddie? If? Yeah, no, he's an American comedian. He's been touring out here. Yeah. yeah. He's playing the Opera House in Sydney for a while. Really? really? I think so. Yeah. 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 No, no, no. He told me that. that was I did. All I know is we shot a DVD. When we were shooting the OB bits for the show, he just kept saying to me. What time does this go out? 7.30. No. There goes most of my act. Because <laughs> I, I hear it goes a bit blue. It's really blue. You have to keep yourself clean for the show. And Sean McCullough. Strap yourself in for Sean McCullough. He's, I mean, Sean is, is, we all know that Sean is surreal at the best of times. But yes. when you mix surreal with mischief, yeah. it's a dangerous <laughs> cocktail. It's like he just decided, you know what? All bits are off. Well, you know. yeah, I don't know if this will be uh, on the show, but uh, on the night he physically assaulted Shane Bourne. I hope that's been oh, left on. It's on the show. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, so it is a good show. And speaking of thank God you're here, do you think that I'm starting to call this the thank God you're here government? Do you, reckon, do you reckon, I mean, is John Howard bullshitting his way through his five day now? Reducing through a blue door. I'm, I'm thinking they should put a blue door in the Prime Minister's office. No, he's getting good at it. What was he saying uh, last night? What did you see, Rich? Uh, well, he tripped over last night. Uh, yeah. Last night he was also working at some community centre, working the room. Well, he was doing questions like Donahue. <laughs> it was hilarious. Jerry Frigate style, roaming Mike in the audience. Yeah, yeah. Box, box. He was doing a bit of, is this your watch, madam? Yeah, he was <laughs> doing that at one point. But he's even, he's even gone the, 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 the way in which you bullshit this. You know the old, you make a mistake and go, <coughs> and you cough a bit, and then you go back and repeat it. I heard him say, um, when the Hanif guy was called, was, yes. was, uh, was arrested, mm-hmm. the people from uh, London came in to uh, question him, and they, and they obviously told him, uh, don't use the word interrogation. Right, right, And right. I was on Sunrise, and he said, uh, yeah, and they've come into the country to uh, conduct interrogations. <laughs> uh, they've come to the country to conduct inquiries. <laughs> and you go, mate, right, you've even got that down, Pat.
the director added new lines every single day. He'd come on and go, Look, guys, I think I don't think it's clear that Mary Magdalene is uh, the son of God as well. Oh, no, she's the daughter of God. No, I'll just have to write another scene, six scenes to explain that. <laughs> so people were literally off stage trying to learn their lines, and then they go on and say them, and then go back off and try and learn, learn their lines for the next scene. And where did the matter be now? Come into it. What was the matter? Because the was popular at the time. And we thought if we dress like people from the Matrix, people will come to the play. <laughs> How long was the run? Two weeks. Two weeks. Well, two weeks. Every night, two weeks. people came? Do you mean each night or cumulatively? No, each night, more or less. I mean, were you looking at... Well, there was 11 in the cast, which was yeah. great, because student theatre is about trying to get action, yeah, yeah. as we know. And, you know, some of them pretty hot. But uh, you did outnumber your audience, though, did you? <laughs> Only four times. <laughs> We're going to have them for a time. All right, this is what we're looking for. Things <laughs> maybe you've been in or things you've seen. It doesn't have to just be theatre. It can be concerts or school plays or, you know, rock shows, uh, the Countdown Spectacular, anything you want. Santa, anything? I reckon the worst one I ever saw was we, we were doing a live show. This is when we, we had, just before we started on television, we were doing a stage show called um, Let's Talk Backwards. Yes. It was, this, it, was the, it was a Melbourne University review and then it turned into the D-Generation. And we were travelling around the country, and we ended up at a comedy place uh, at the Old Melbourne Hotel in Perth, in Hay Street, Perth. Right. And uh, we were soaked. There was absolutely no money in it. The, the only way you could eat was that the pub gave you food at lunchtime. Right. But you had to be, you, you had to get your food at the lingerie show. They had a lingerie <laughs> show every, every, uh, every lunchtime. So we're all underpants for everybody. So we're sitting there with a bunch of old guys and bikies and stuff like that. You know, these fresh-faced people, you know, you know, just watching a lingerie show. And what would happen is the girls would just do their lingerie stuff. And then the MC, to provide a bit of light-hearted humour, it had plus stand-up. And what he would do is he would stand there with a cassette player with a Kevin Bloody Wilson cassette in it and hold a microphone to it. <laughs> and he'd stand there. And what would happen is that if, um, I swear, if someone didn't laugh, if someone in the audience didn't laugh, he'd look down and goes, he'd stop the table and go, hey, what's the matter with you? Are you some kind of homosexual poster? <laughs> Really, and people in the audience have tape recorders with heckles on them. Just I go, right, did you not hear that? I'll wind back. Don't yeah, hear it again. I'll do it again. That is hilarious. Wow. Live comedy. <laughs> okay, I once saw an amateur production, I'm not joking, of Starlight Express. <laughs> which is an Andrew Lloyd Webber musical on, on roller skate. Yeah. And we thought, this will be hilarious. This is in Auckland, New Zealand. It was dinner theatre. So we've got along. And all I did was just all the songs, but with no skating. <laughs> so it was just like singing, sort of recycle style. So the whole point of it just went, the, went out the window. So they dressed up? But, but yeah, in the costumes, with the knee pads and everything. And then for the final number, went off stage and came out with about five of them just on skate and no one could skate. So it was people clinging <laughs> <laughs> to the side of the stage and then just sang the final number wearing roller skates. Oh, that's not a good Starline Express. Big finish. It was a free course uh, meal, though. <laughs> the best theatre comes with a meal, as we know. Uh, Mr. Marlin. My grandmother used to be in a dance troupe called the Time Step Tappers. Wow! Yeah. They tap and, uh, you know, uh, because they're young-spirited. 
they're all sort of senior citizens who tap dance and, and they also sing songs. When did the end of year performance lots of tap dancing and singing and what have you? And but song choices are very important when you're in your eighties or seventies. <laughs> and I don't want to trivialise the sexuality of older people. But an 81-year-old person singing Making Whoopi isn't really a great way to spend an evening. And it was just kind of repulsive, if you know what I'm saying. Did they then bust into I Want Your Sex by George Martin? Well, you should have done it. Might as well have been that. Closer to God. <laughs> Making Whoopi, why would you choose that song? It's a good old-fashioned song, though. It's, it's, it's kind of sexy. Wah, wah, wah. Yes. It's associated from a shelf life or yeah. a yeah. The newlywed game with Ian Purpy, where he would use the word whoopee all the time. Oh, when was the last time you and your wife made whoopee? Yeah. I thought, wouldn't it be great if that carried over to the news? A man was accused of making violent whoopee. <laughs> so three, sorry. Let's go make love on the whoopee cushion. There you go. Oh, it's a pity we're not doing prelude to a bar. We... <laughs> <laughs> we moved on to <laughs> We want to hear about the pissiest live show you've ever seen or participated in. One triple three five three. This Sandro Chalaro is with us. We're looking for bad live shows. Who's seen one here? Hi, Paul. Hey, how you going, guys? Good, mate. What have you seen? Oh, look, years ago, we went up to this uh, colonial type world in uh, Swan Hill in northern Victoria. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got this really piss weak um, light and sound show where I don't know if it's improved, but at the time there was like three blokes and a torch, and, <laughs> and uh, you were sort of dragged around from the old buildings on a tractor driven uh, trailer. The, tra- the tractor was so loud, you couldn't hear what the commentary was all about. So we were like making up our own commentary. And they're showing torches on, you know, the the, uh, the inanimate objects that are pretending to move and all this stuff. It was just atrociously bad. <laughs> I think it turns just interesting panning for gold for more jewelry. <laughs> well, of course, we went to Glen Rowan oh, uh, years ago for a startling reenactment of the, and nothing says Ned Kelly like uh, laser beams and Neil Diamond music. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's the beauty. Thanks, Paul. Let's go next. Hi, Clinton. Oh, good day. How are you? Excellent, mate. What did you see? Um, in the mid-90s, I went to see uh, the Lemonheads at the Corner Hotel with a mate of mine. Yep. And... Um, just as they pretty much came on, there was a couple of flannel wearers down the front that started to uh, get stuck in on to play Mrs. Robinson. <laughs> and after about three songs and him, uh, having Dando telling him, look, can you just settle down, he acted like a big panty waist and just walked off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mrs. It was their fault for recording it in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, you 12, 12 minutes. I think that's the exact running time of the current Britney Spears Roadshow. People <laughs> paying $250 to see. Yeah, mine for 12 minutes. <laughs> All right, well, 12 minutes of the lemon hits. Can we go worse than that? Hi, Tim. How you going, mate? Good, mate. What have you seen or been in? Mate, I'm my, I was in it. My Ooh. first acting experience, I played Santa in the local Panama. And uh, how did you go? Oh, mate, pretty shocking. I wore some really old, patty Etnie skate shoes. I don't think Santa really wears Etnie skate shoes. And um, I threw some lollies from the uh, stage into the crowd and kept some kids' eye open with a lolly. Yeah, what was, it? What was the storyline? Oh, Christmas Panama. I can't remember the storyline. It was pretty boring, if you ask me. Okay. All right. 
<laughs> All right, uh, cutting open a kitty face with a bit of lolly. Mm. That's always a great, that's a great addition to any stage show. Sonny, didn't you get once hit by a coin at a TISM concert? I did. I have a piece of tooth missing for this very day from uh, from a, a TISM concert, uh, which happened, and this happened uh, one week after the introduction of the new $2 coin. <laughs> and I remember writing an angry letter to the paper. This wouldn't have happened with the old currency. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's next? Hi, Kate. Hello. Oh, hi, Kate. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. What have you seen? Well, it wasn't actually me. It was one of my friends. Mm-hmm. We saw um, Howard Jones in about 1985, and he was lowered into a synthesizer back. Brisbane. I was working for Triple M at the yeah, time. Yeah, come on. I was giving stuff away, and it was the full pirate game, wasn't it? Well, I'm not sure. He's, you know... Didn't tell me much about no, she's still in the institution. Any idea who the support act was? Oh, no, no, I don't know. Could I have been about it for some time? I'm just wondering if it was broad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, they wouldn't have they they supported him. They were too, they were too edgy for Howard. See, they were Hello, Joan. Synthesizer stacks. Um, still low and knee. Wow, still touring, Howard Joan. Parents selling the merch on the door during the English shows. Exactly. It's a good look. Who's next? Hi, Joan. Hi guys, how are we going? Good, thank you. What have you seen? I uh, briefly heard you talk uh, a little while ago about Ian Turpy. Well, years ago, I was dragged uh, along to one of his great shows, Supermarket Sweep. That's exactly right. It was horrendous. It was a half-hour show on TV, but uh, the taping took four and a half hours. Uh, there was one particular lady. She rolled a rank, although they had to stop taping to bring the stretcher out. Uh, another young guy, he split the uh, big box of, uh, of dog biscuits all over the floor. It was just uh, the, the most horrendous four and a half hours of my life. I can never get back. See, that's the stuff, you know, supermarket sweet accidents. That should be what they put to air. I reckon there's a two big sick listening to this right now going, oh, jeez, we can bring that back. <laughs> <laughs> we can bring back sweet. <laughs> still available. Get him off the sippy spray ads and back into the supermarket. Very Who's that? Oh, we've got time for one more, I'm afraid. Hi, Cheryl. Hi. What did you see? Um, Jekyll and Hyde the musical when I was in New York a few years ago. <laughs> <laughs> I believe so. I hadn't heard of him before, but a lot of the audience was screaming and carrying on. But when he left the role, I believe David, ha- David Hasselhoff took over. Yeah, so that's I was always, a bit annoyed I missed him. That's always a mark of beer, isn't it? And, uh, you wouldn't want to see David Hasselhoff. You're only one step away from Tony Danza. You're really in trouble. <laughs> All right, that's a pretty impressive list. Thanks to everyone who called in. But we still haven't got some of your old work on the football team yeah. here at Triple M. Let's do that next on Get This. on Triple M. And uh, I certainly remember that back in the 1980s, Santa Clara, our guest today, was part of the football team here at Triple M. Now, people think of football on Triple M. It's kind of a recent phenomenon. Mm. We started it. Yeah, that's right. right. Started I mean, it's a great sound, I think, on FM. I mean, I don't really listen to the football. It's a great call. I listen to it over the, on the weekend. Great call. JB and the, uh, and the rest of those lads. Doing a great Fantastic. Why would you go back to the AM when you've heard a bit of FM football? Mm. But of course, uh, you know, people say, oh, but Triple M doesn't have the football heritage. But what about Graham and the Colonel? We, we predate, who did we, we predate uh, everybody. <laughs> everybody. <laughs> everybody. What was the person? 
1986 was the when Graham the Colonel began. And now explain to me who Uncle Doug Elliott was. Well, Uncle Doug Elliott was a was a, a fantastic man. Um, a lot of people in Victoria and Melbourne might remember him as a, as a member of Parliament, and he was also the voice on World of Sport. He was the Uncle Doug was the the MC. He right. used to throw to everything. He used to do live ads. He had a wonderful voice. If you love, could have been champions. There's uh, Billy Baxter does it, uh, still does Uncle Doug every now and again, I mean, right. quite often, and does it very well. But he was he was an iconic voice as we were growing. Yeah, he died in 1989, mm-hmm. and this is an oddity which I found on an old tape. This is you mm-hmm. doing a tribute no. to Uncle Doug 18 years ago on Triple M. Three Triple M proudly presents the life and times of the late great. Elliot was born at the age of 58 in a small voiceover booth somewhere near the HSV7 roller cycling machine. He began dreaming about his world of sport career for the first time when he entered his primary school spelling bee. Master Elliot, spell hippopotamus. H-I-P-P-O-P-O-T-A-M-U-S. But his vocation became even more evident when his school friends heard his uncanny impersonations of his pet dog, Trusty. <laughs> However, it wasn't until Doug began seeing girls that his big break seemed imminent. Geez, Dougie, nice slacks. Where'd you get them from? From our good friends at Solway, where the big man buy From here on in, Uncle Doug's reputation grew and grew until no Sunday afternoon was the same without his familiar voice. The hams from Bartoki. TNT for freight that won't wait. And thank you to Valentine's. But sadly, dear Uncle Doug left us earlier this year for that big woodchop competition in the sky. And as he was gently laid to rest at the Solway graveyard where the big men die, his epitaph read simply, Here lies dear Anka, R-I-P-A-T-R-A.